Welcome everyone to this episode of the Women in Technology Spotlight. Today I have with me a very special role model. I have with me Supreet Kaur. She's an assistant vice president at Morgan Stanley. She's also a data scientist and a data strategist. She's also a women tech makers ambassador and the founder and mentor of at DataBuzz. Welcome Supreet. Thank you. So glad to be here. <laughs> It's nice to have you here. Thank you for joining my podcast and thank you for taking the time to tell us a little bit about yourself, about your role and also about the background and what brought you to this point in time because your CV looks really impressive. So um, <laughs> I will dig into that a little bit more shortly for now. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, on a private level. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'll give a little bit of my background of, of what landed me here, but I'll deep dive into each of those segments of my life, I would say, a little bit later on uh, in the podcast. Um, so my career journey started uh, when I decided to move to U.S. from India to pursue my master's uh, in data science. I did MBS, it's Master's of Business and Science in Data Science, which is basically, uh, you know, a dual degree in data science mm -hmm. from Rutgers, New Jersey. So New Jersey was my home away from home. For 22 years, I was in my home state back in India. So this was uh, a transformational experience for me. Uh, I decided to do my master's and then I got my first job as a data science consultant. And that is uh, when my, I would say, women in tech tag started. Uh, so my first job was in a startup. Uh, I was there for around one and a half year. Then I moved to another management consulting firm, ZS Associates, where I was again a technology and uh, you know, data consultant. And finally, I landed at Morgan Stanley, which is my current job, where I'm a data strategist and a data scientist. Uh, but all in all, my career has entailed uh, about building AI solutions, uh, driving performance through AI solutions, uh, and automating different workflows in whatever company. I am or whatever client I'm serving at any point in time. Mm -hmm. Outside my professional life, I also decided uh, to build this community called Data Buzz because I realized the importance of mentorship uh, during my background and during these six years in the US. Um, and that's why I started Data Buzz in the February of 2022, where I mentor people who want to pivot in this technology and basically show everyone, especially women, that data science is such an inclusive space, irrespective of whatever your background might be, wherever you might be, um, just come in, right? Like, just get, get in here. Um, and on the other hand, I was also selected as one of the Google Women Tech Makers Ambassador uh, to do the same, be an advocate mm -hmm. for women, be an advocate for technology. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for this brief introduction. Um, it's very impressive. And also, it just reminds me that here you are again, being a mentor and a role model for other women coming into tech. And this is such an important part of what we do today, right? Um, Coming back to, to your um, professional history and, and being a data scientist and a data strategist. So for those listening who do not know what that actually is, can you tell us a little bit about what you actually do and what that job is all about? Yeah, of course. Um, so definitely data scientist has become such a broad term that uh, it varies from company to company and data strategist is definitely, I would say an upcoming profession because most mm -hmm. of us have realized that there is uh, 
weight in the data. And for you to build a successful AI model, you need to have successful data pipelines. So as a data strategist, my role entails basically developing strategy on the data, what more can be done, what are the AI solutions we can build, and then ultimately also build POCs or proof of concepts uh, for those AI solutions before they can be deployed to production. Um, and on the other hand, I also have to think about the business needs. So uh, I would say 30% of my job is also to talk to stakeholders, think about the pain points, uh, and then develop those strategies uh, you know, to come up with these solutions. So um, I'm also not absolutely familiar with data science. So maybe you can dive in a little bit more about into the whole thing about the, the data. So you say you have to make sure that, that the data is um, available or, or that it's sound. What exactly does that mean? Do you have an example maybe? Yeah, of course. Um, so whenever we are building any data science solution, uh, the heart and soul of any data science or AI-driven product is its data, right? Yeah. So companies usually have these teams, it could be a data governance team, it could be a data strategy team, um, and definitely it will vary from an organization to organization, but I'm giving, uh, you know, kind of like a view of what I have experienced in my career. Um, so all of these teams will basically be responsible for ensuring that you have accurate data. That mm -hmm. is the first thing. Then you have the data which is available and can be consumed for these AI solutions um, mm -hmm. because AI solutions will require a specific kind of data. So your data needs to be in that format, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have to make decisions on whether it will be on cloud, whether it will be on premise, and usually companies are adopting to those cloud solutions, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then again, depending on the role, you also might be, in a position to think about, okay, this is the available data that I have. Now, what do I do of this? What do my customers want? How do I increase that customer engagement? Mm -hmm. Or how do I measure the performance of an existing product? For all of those things, you need data. Yeah. Ah, I understand. And um, this reminds me of something. I've heard a lot about bias in, in artificial intelligence and in data. Is that also something that you look into to make sure that the data is not biased? Is that part of your job? Yeah, so uh, it's not really part of my job, but we do work with the teams that ensure mm -hmm. that the data is unbiased and you know mm -hmm. your AI model is unbiased. So there is some sort of uh, fairness and bias testing and due diligence that we do. And I have done in some of my previous roles where we um, mm -hmm. do ensure that it's unbiased. Yeah, I see. So um this, uh, you mentioned something earlier, it was about um, that you want to show women that it's uh, that this field, uh, data science is inclusive and that there is a, a room for everyone. Can you expand a little bit on that? Yes, uh, I have read and I would say I've been in a privileged position to interact with so many women who, you know, some of them were high school teachers for 20 years and then pivoted into data science. Uh, someone was in another manufacturing career and pivoted into mm -hmm. data science, right? And some of them actually made me realize and kind of reiterated the fact that you don't have to have a traditional background to mm -hmm. pivot into this field. I come from a non-computer science background. I did my bachelor's in mathematics. 
and uh, there was no connection at that time between what I'm doing now and my education. But my master's changed everything. But even if I wouldn't have done the master, there are so many certifications, so many online courses that are available for you now, and so many mentorship platforms for you to get you to your dream uh, job in data science if that is something you know that mm -hmm. you would like to do. So that that's where I mean that it is uh, an inclusive space. That is so important to understand, I think, that it does not matter whether you actually studied computer science or whether you did, you know, like, like a IT related degree, that there is room for everyone. And I think it's also quite important because coming back to the whole bias in data, I think it's so important to bring more women and diverse uh, talent into the space to make sure that certain things that were historically overlooked, uh, maybe when building this, this AI models, don't happen anymore because the teams are more diverse and people you know diverse teams will build more inclusive uh, solutions. So yes, exactly. um, I absolutely agree. And I think that's something we can't emphasize enough that uh, you know anyone who has an interest for the topic can actually join this field. So and you said you are actually a mathematician and your master's changed anything. Tell me a little bit about how that mattered. So you said you moved from India to New Jersey and, and you went to Rutgers and, and how did that all happen? So what did you do before you moved and, and, and why did you move? <laughs> and <laughs> yes, that's a great question that I ask myself every day. <laughs> Just kidding. I love it. Uh, no, so I feel like when I was almost at the end of my bachelor's degree, like many others, I was at crossroads as well, what to do next mm -hmm. in my life. Obviously, um, you know, India has a lot of opportunities as well, but I had a vision for myself in mind and I wanted to pursue a degree. I did not want to completely lose my technical acumen, but at the same time, I also wanted something that could teach me those business skills, which will help me grow as a leader. So this mm -hmm. degree was that perfect combination of of those two ingredients that I was looking for in my life. And if you see my career trajectory, all my roles are a blend of both things. I'm, I'm not like a super technical person. I've not been just on the business front. I've been lucky enough to be doing both. Mm -hmm. um, so that was my main, I would say, criteria. And the other thing was I wanted to get out of my comfort zone, experience something new, because mm -hmm. the experience that you get when you move or fly like 8,000 miles away, you are already showing so much strength and resilience. Uh, and that was without you know, a family, without a support system. And I basically had to build everything from scratch in the US. Yeah. Uh, so that taught me, I, I would say a lot of things. I think resilience is a good point. Um, and let me come back to that later, but, but still, I'm still interested. So you just decided one day to pick up and move 8,000 miles uh, <laughs> alone and, and go to university here. Wasn't that scary? It was. And I think the toughest part is also to convince your parents, um, ah. right? Yeah, mm -hmm. because obviously they have certain aspirations for you. So I had to show them, right, like what I want to do, um, what does my vision look like? They obviously wanted me to explore the options in India and do something, mm -hmm. you know, in India itself. Yeah. Uh, but I did my due diligence. I wouldn't say that it was, you know, a decision on a whim. I spoke to as many people as possible on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I explored other countries as well, Australia, Canada, before making the decision to US. Um, mm -hmm. So I did all of the due diligence and then I decided to, uh, you know, come here. Yeah. So it's such an 
important point in your life because I think you know this uh, being on your own you know suddenly responsible for everything yourself such a big step in in terms of personal develop development as well so um let me ask you were there any obstacles you faced when you you of course you did your due diligence you knew what you wanted you said you wanted a combination of technical and business skills but what kind of um obstacles did you face when you were all of a sudden alone in a strange country yeah I think innumerable <laughs> because there were those little obstacles that at that time seemed too big to handle um right mm -hmm. uh you know things like doing everything yourself uh you know from cooking cleaning to managing your day to studying uh to excelling in studies and then to finding internships in this uh foreign land and obviously you know the visa issues so mm -hmm. It, it was a combination of so many factors uh, and op so yeah there were innumerable challenges I would say and I can dive deep but I think we would need 40 minutes to just discuss <laughs> all those challenges. Yeah I see what you mean but but still I mean we talked about resilience earlier and I think uh, this This is also something that that plays in that you're obviously a resilient person because you overcame all these obstacles. Um, did you also need resilience to to succeed in the field of data science, which is still, I mean, it's in IT, it's probably very, um, there's a high gender imparity, I will assume you are probably one of the few women. Yeah. Um, did, did you need resiliency to, to overcome that as well? Mm -hmm. I would say, uh... I think it was more also from the background that I was coming in and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, there are others whom we are competing with might have like five years of experience and six years of experience and mm -hmm. a technical degree. And then you're kind of competing with them. And then you're competing with that, uh, I would say IQ um, mm -hmm. to, you know, clear that position. So definitely the first job was the toughest. Mm -hmm. I would say I had to, I applied to, I remember a thousand jobs. I got three interviews. Wow. Right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have any other option but to clear those three, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. because it was now or never kind of a situation. Um, and that was, I would say, like one of the biggest challenges. And that too, and you know, on top of that, you can add all those visa challenges that you might face in the US. Mm -hmm. You always yeah. require sponsorship. So you're dependent on your employer. So how do you showcase your skills? How do you show that? you are better, right? You mm -hmm. should be here. Um, so I had to work a lot to polish my technical skills, to polish my communication skills. Though I studied English all my life, English is not still not my first language. I didn't think in English back then, mm -hmm. right? So you need to work on all of those things. And I think the biggest factor was I developed connections. I mm -hmm. had a family, a home away from home, which are my friends. And you know, it's, it's unbelievable now I kind of attend their weddings, right? So we've come a full mm -hmm. circle. But that is, I think, one of the biggest thing. And that's one of my suggestions mm -hmm. as well, right? Have those connections, foster those connections. There are people who want to do the same thing as you. Yeah. So, That's such a good point. Networking and having a network, a supportive network is so important, especially for women who work in this sector, because you need someone to talk to, someone who will relate to the problems you face and, and understand what you're going through. And um, you, you touched on something that I want to dive in. And that was, you know, this feeling that you had to prove that, you know, you were better and that you, you know, it was worth, you know, making sure that 
that you got your visa and that you needed to convince your employer. And I think that's an additional weight on you that you had on, on you. You know, a lot of women in the space already have this weight of proving that women are good enough in tech. Mm -hmm. And then comes that on top of that. Yeah. So that must have been incredibly hard. And I applaud how you actually managed <laughs> to, to overcome all these obstacles and, and succeed because you actually have a very successful career. So then I, it's, it's quite amazing what you achieved here. And um, tell me a little bit um, about this community you have built, DataBuzz. So obviously it is important for you to mentor other women and bring them into the space. Tell me a little bit more about DataBuzz and what it does and, you know. Yeah, I think one of the biggest, uh, I would say learning that I have had in the past six years that I've been in US that I mm -hmm. have learned a lot when I was chatting with people, when I was learning about their journeys. And that is exactly what uh, I have been doing through Databuzz. I've been inviting so many women and we've had fireside chat series where I embrace their journey, where I ask them such questions and get, get deep on a personal level as to how they achieved what they achieved so that others can get inspired. Mm -hmm. So that is like, I think, one of my greatest achievements for this community. The other is that we have a LinkedIn page where I try to share as many resources as possible. Data science is so fast paced and it keeps mm -hmm. changing. Um, it sometimes becomes so difficult to keep up with the pace, right? So is there any new advancements, any good articles? Uh, because I have to read a lot as part of my job. So I just keep posting as and when I do. Mm -hmm. The other thing that we do is we do these AI guided sessions and I've partnered with other uh, AI communities where I invite people who talk about these AI topics so that everyone can see AI uh, getting into life, right? How does AI look in real life in these real time solutions? And they, they are very interactive. You can ask questions and it's also a chance for you to network uh, mm -hmm. with folks, all right? That is your networking opportunity. So these are the three things I've been trying to do Another thing is also when I'm an ambassador, I'm basically being an advocate for women, right? Openly, that mm -hmm. they look just like me, as, as you mentioned. So, yeah. yeah. I, I love what you're doing there because I think it brings back all the things uh, together, uh, all the things we already talked about, you know, the, the fact that you need a support network, that you need other women around you to, you know, to, to who understand what you're going through. And that it's also an opportunity to actually experience the tech. It's not just about, you know, talking about problems. It's actually looking at what you're um, enthusiastic about and, and, and taking the time to, to show people what it really means in real life. So this is so important because I one of my pet peeves is we always tell women they should come into tech and then, you know, they have no clue what we're actually doing there. So, <laughs> so I think this is such a, such a great thing to do. And also, uh, that's an, another thing you talked about is the speed of change and transformation in tech, which is actually quite rapid. So I think going into tech is for people who enjoy learning, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So even though you have this this uh, degree from from Rutger University, you never stop learning, right? Exactly. Exactly. You never stop learning. You never stop. Um, I would say reading, uh, and I wouldn't say that it's something that you know, everyone has to do, but if you definitely see yourself or have a vision for yourself and you want to grow in this field, um, I think that is something you should definitely enjoy doing. 
Yeah, say. yeah. And that you you touched on that already. What I wanted to ask next that was you said you had a vision of what you wanted uh, to achieve, and you have this idea where you want to go. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What do yeah. you envision? <laughs> so I am. Uh, I still feel like I have to get there. I'm still not there, uh, right? Oh. But <laughs> but I think the first vision you know, definitely was, uh, I, I brought it back to life a little bit through data bus, right? One of the, mm -hmm. that vision was to create this inclusive space to have this community. And the other thing is definitely improving the representation of women in tech. Mm -hmm. um, I would say it's improving, you know, from past uh, four years, I've been seeing this change. Uh, if there were two women in the team, now we have three, we have four, but we still don't have a 50-50 ratio, right? So that mm -hmm. is another thing. Um, and I feel like through all of these podcasts and all of these forums, we can help educate uh, women. And mm -hmm. I feel that that would matter. Another thing is that there are still biases that will remain, right? People still think that, oh, there are these women, women can't code, women can't do this, <laughs> or, you know, a woman has to wear high heels and, you know, has to be suited, booted for you to look like a leader. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel that that image is not 100% true, that image is evolving, that image is changing, right? Um, I am as powerful and as efficient when I'm in my sneakers, uh, you know, rather than, so mm -hmm. I feel a lot of those biases have to change and they cannot change, uh, again, in a split second. It's, it's a journey, but I want to be part of the journey. I want to be part of that change. And for me personally, I want to see myself grow in this space, do some impactful work. Um, and I've been lucky to be associated mm -hmm. first with healthcare and now with finance, uh, where I build these impactful solutions um, that can mm -hmm. impact lives. And so I want to continue doing that. Mm -hmm. That's amazing, especially the part about, you know, building this inclusive community. I think that's so important. It's important for the women, you know, who are already in the space and who are uh, successful in the space to open the door, to, to build a table for others to sit at. So yes. kudos on that. And I am pretty sure you will achieve your vision because I can see that you're aspirational and that you're <laughs> driven and also obviously highly intelligent and mm -hmm. um, motivated. So thinking back, you know, at this time at 22, when you moved across the ocean, and this young woman who came to the US. If you think of other young women in that situation, is there anything you would like to tell them that they should know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, there are multiple things, but I'll try to keep it to top three or top four. The first mm -hmm. thing is that I didn't focus a lot on personal branding. And mm -hmm. I would recommend that to start focusing on that from day one right or day one of your undergrad day one of your masters mm -hmm. whatever that day one looks like for you personal branding goes a long way and it opens your avenues uh, like none other I have a real family I have and I have a LinkedIn family right mm -hmm. and that is all because I leveraged this amazing platform called LinkedIn um, so I would say focus on that um, learn from other content creators right how they are doing it and just create content. So personal branding and content creation start early. <laughs> um, the, the second thing is uh, how to combat imposter syndrome, which I'm still dealing with, but that is something that you need to have your nerves under control, right? That is important for you to succeed in a profession, in an interview, in an exam. Uh, I still deal with it. 
And mm -hmm. I would say that you need to find that sweet spot for yourself. You need to find techniques uh, to deal with it. And for everyone, you know, those techniques might look different. Um, and the next one is know about the space, right? If you're traveling to another country, know about the visa issues in and out. Uh, you are the best judge for yourself. You should know what you're getting into. If you're getting into a new course, know the ins and outs. And those ins and outs, you'll not just know from internet. Again, talk to people, network, um, and know what you're getting into. Those will be yeah. my recommendations. Yes, you actually mentioned imposter syndrome. I didn't want to ask you because I feel and we talk about it a lot and, and I didn't want to, you know, again, ask, how oh, do you also experience imposter syndrome? Because, um, of course, I even I still, still mm. from time to time suffer from imposter syndrome. But I think it's so important that you mentioned it because it's something that a lot of women face. And it's true. You have to find ways to, to um, combat it. And you have to find ways to keep it in check when you are trying to build a career. And it's also important to understand that other women have it as well, right? Yeah. 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 Yes. The yes. personal brand yes. tip is also so on point, you know, um, mm -hmm. having a personal brand in these uh, days and times is so important. Um, it cannot be overemphasized, just like the network that you mentioned earlier. These are the two things that you should try and create for yourself, you know, something that you're known for, because if you lose a job, you lose a job, but you don't lose your personal brand. Right. And it will help exactly. you find another job. And the last thing, um, and I think that also helps with coming back to the imposter syndrome is being prepared. So um, being prepared, knowing what you're going to get yourself into, be it a visa issue, be it a course you're going into, will help you combat the imposter syndrome as well, I think, you know. Yes, exactly. Because you will not be surprised by it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, obviously life is full of surprises, right? Sometimes even beyond all this, you might face something which is uh, totally true. unnatural or, you know, totally unreal or totally unexpected. Yeah. But I think at that time, your support system that I spoke about is going to help you deal with it. Absolutely. We just saw that in the last two and a half years that um, unexpected <laughs> things will happen. That is true. That is true. Yeah. <clears throat> Preet, thank you so much for your time and coming on the podcast and all your insights. It's really helpful. And I'm sure that also this episode will be a great uh, way to spread the word and, and encourage more diversity in tech. So thank you for that. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Um, I hope this will impact a lot of women. And if you hear this and if you have any further questions, I have blogs. Um, that I have on a lot of things that I've been talking about. And I also post on LinkedIn often. So if you have any further questions, you can reach me at LinkedIn. <laughs> yes, thank you. And also, if you have any links that will, you would like me to post with the podcast, please feel free to, to send them to me and I will add them as well. Sure. Thank you. 